good scent gives birth to love and life. We foster passion to grow geniuses which lift humanity. And tailor technology to preserve liberty in balance with nature. Welcome, Welcome to Radical. Welcome to Radical, ladies and gents, boys and girls. I have a special guest for you guys tonight. Uh, he is backstage eating right now. Get strong post-workout. Uh, this is one I can't believe I haven't had uh, this this guy on yet. It's uh, It's been, I don't know, like two years in the fucking making. Uh, I'm amped up too, man. And I'll tell you, uh, there's, there's a, so much stuff going on right now. There are a few guys that pay as close of attention to what's going on in this country, especially economically around the world. Uh, you know, not only this country, obviously, but what's going on in China, what's going on in Europe, what's going on with the banks, what's going on with crypto, what's going on with Bitcoin, all of these things. Uh, my guest tonight has been in this field for quite a while. Uh, he is, uh, I think, been in podcasting for at least two years now. Uh, I don't think he needs inter- any real introduction other than the fact that he runs the Liberty Lockdown podcast and is a sage in this community, a fast comer, the great Clint <laughs> Russell. Maybe fast comer phrasing, right? Oh, Jesus Christ. Sorry, man. <laughs> There's a reason I'm single, Shane. Uh, yeah, it's a race. Me, <laughs> what's good brother i'm good man i'm good uh you know i'm uh as i oftentimes say i'm much better than the economy um yo man jesus stuff and i know we're gonna get into it so i I won't i won't jump ahead i think hunter biden's better off than the goddamn economy right now right i mean it oh he's thriving comparatively (laughs) he's alive yeah exactly maybe a little (laughs) bit Hey, no, you know, I appreciate you coming on and doing this. Um, you know, like I said, you know, it's been two years since you've been on uh, Liberty Lockdown. Um, yeah. and two and a half now. Yeah, I was gonna now. say it's you. You started right when we were kind of hitting that pandemic, I guess. In, in yeah, May, what a, May of twenty twenty, man. It's uh, almost two and a half years to the day, practically. It's it's uh, it's been a wild ride. Yeah, I, I very very gratifying experience, and I've. I don't don't regret a day of it. No, I tell you what, man, uh, what you're doing out there, you're killing it. The the ability to to link up with a lot of these big names out there that haven't uh, really seen things through uh, the the a liberty, a liberty lens, a somewhere right. where we just we don't uh, go after peaceful 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 people with badges and guns in the state and taxation. Man, I just caught a, a debate you had recently and masterfully done. Um, if you guys haven't seen, uh, forgot what the, that that clown's name was, but you, I mean, I felt there there was a point where I was just like, God damn, where's the mercy button? Like, <laughs> throw in the towel, <laughs> throw it in, man. It was rough. Honestly, like, it, it's funny. You can watch the first. It, it's a very long debate, but uh, it's That's episode two hours. Yeah, it's episode two twenty five. It's against this dude named Connor. I, I wouldn't have been so mean to him because he's a young young dude, doesn't really know shit. But he ran. You know, he ran for office yeah. like this. This guy wants to rule over us. So I feel like once you've demonstrated that, your naivete, your evilness that that lurks beneath uh, the surface, it, it matters to me at that point. So the last 30 minutes or so, I really rip into him and 
uh, I think that's what the audience. It's <laughs> it's so, most. yeah no it's so good. I mean, and that's the thing is it was this is very this this calm elf like wiser man coming to a discussion <laughs> with like somebody just throws room well like if and buts and and if we did <laughs> if we just did this as the government like man you just did this you're talking about mobilizing an entire country to take away yeah. guns to I mean un unbelievable stuff but yeah the naivete is is really <sighs> profound and i'm i've been wanting to debate a progressive people are saying like you couldn't have got someone better i'm like look i have invited dozens of progressives yeah. on to debate and there's a handful of progressives that i'm like kind of friendly with so i don't really want to debate them because i don't want to you know try and steal the soul of someone that i like but someone that like i want a stranger a high profile stranger who's a hardcore <laughs> progressive that's what i want and this is the best i could find i'm i'm down to take all comers though so if anyone else wants to line them up i'll knock them down well i don't think there's a lot of progressives that uh tuned into the show maybe maybe during some of no. the elections they're like oh maybe no. what's this guy I'm just about saying, I'm, I'm just saying <laughs> if your if your audience has any names you know tweet at them tag me under it say hey fucking go get go get killed yeah, go get owned it's, it, 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 it really kind of shows who the isolationists are aren't i mean and in, in reality when you look at like their ability to like come to a table and have discussions these are the these are the goddamn people who are in charge of the state department in charge of defense in charge of every bureaucracy that goes overseas and yeah. does things F man fbi too holy shit like i mean yeah they're not coming to the table people i'm gonna tell you right now they don't want to talk they are they're there to you know, rule over you one way or another if they're going to subject you and that is the democrats yeah. it's the republicans uh, yeah at least sometimes you can get you know some republicans that'll come in and have that talk um you know unfortunately right. they got to pretend to be us so they still have to talk to us sometimes the, the progressives <laughs> are just like we rule over you there's no net benefit for us you know coming in and debating out our ideas so they just they just run the other direction and i i hope that i can get to a, a level of prominence where it, there's enough viewers that they'll feel like okay this is this is worth doing even if i'm gonna get crushed <laughs> we'll see <laughs> exactly so all right man um you are here uh and and you've you, you've worked in the the finance industry uh for yeah. for quite some time right yeah, I ran a, a private money mortgage company for about a decade. I was in that industry for five years prior, and then I shut it down at the beginning of lockdowns. So yeah, and and you and you you're one of those guys that relocated. You came from uh, California uh, yep. down to around the Miami area, we'll call it. And yeah. um, uh, I'm not I'm not hiding it. You yeah, it in the backdrop, so. <laughs> I was going to say it's uh, uh, yeah, it's really nice. To Miami, uh, like mid 21, I think I finally broke in uh, or broke broke down and. Sold my uh, my holdings in San Diego, and I pieced out of there. Yeah, probably one of the best decisions ever. I mean, yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it's uh, it's just there's no saving California. It's just so obvious. So I, I'm not at all certain that we can save America, but uh, we have a better chance of that than we do California. That's yeah, I, you know, and I think uh, I was making this case. I got uh, a really good friend, a guy I consider a brother, who's Cuban, uh, direct descendant of Castro himself. And I was like, man, if they think they're ever going to take fucking, you know, like Miami, South Florida with all the Cubans in it and communism, and these guys are loaded for bear down there, like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> You're probably in one of the safest places in America right now. Yeah, well, I mean, that's... What's concerning is that it wasn't until this election cycle that the uh, the Latin community voted Republican, um, but it did happen in a massive way this yeah. go around. So it seems like they finally got the message: like, all right, these people are not they're not offering you know 
light, like socialism light. They're, they're, they're pushing for like full on communism, disarmament, the, the whole shebang. So I'm glad. I'm glad these people have uh, radicalized. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, the 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 world economy, like we don't look at things in a vacuum, right? And and I think um, you'd probably uh, be right there with me and saying, like, hey, man, you know, when we're looking at the the world situation, uh, we're not looking at Republicans, we're not really looking at Democrats, we're not looking at the corporations. We are looking at what's going on with the fucking central banks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you see right now what's happening, why, what is, in your opinion, what, what is the, the precipice? What was the, the jumping off point in, in this you know, cataclysm uh, for, the, for this meltdown that we're going through? Well, I mean, the, the jumping off point is the interest rate hikes. Uh, it's like everything's going fine. We're, we're bubbling along. And then uh, uh, Jerome Powell comes out. He announces uh, major interest rate hikes. In the, it was January of, of 2022, so not, not long ago. Yeah. And, and ever since then, it has been essentially every asset class has been you know, in a precipitous decline. And I mean, correlation, causation, sure, you could have that argument. I'm just going to say it flatly. That's the whole fucking reason, folks. Like the interest rates are hiking, and and that is the reason that the economy is coming to a standstill because it doesn't make any sense on the inverse. Like, say interest rates don't have this major driving force in the economy, right? Mm-hmm. Well, then us coming out of lockdown should have put us into a bull market because you're getting productivity back, you're having um, you know inventory sales, things are start to happen because all the restaurants were basically fucked in. Yeah, All consumer goods were fucked except for Amazon and Costco uh, <laughs> for for over a year. So you would expect the market to be turning around at that point, but that's not how it played out because instead we papered over the hole. So we didn't have a recession in 2020, which we should have. It should have been a horrific recession because if you shut down the global economy, even if it's 10 or 15 percent of it, well, that's catastrophic. Uh, so they they papered that over, and now we're paying the price. And because of the inflationary pressures that have have arisen, they have basically no choice but to hike interest rates to try and break the back of inflation but i think it's actually much more complicated if you want me to go deeper i can well yeah i mean and we, we definitely will and we're gonna get pretty specific i think in some of these things um when when i started looking at this um you know we've been saying for a long time as austrians for sure uh you know 50 years right like hey listen you unpick from fucking gold and at some point this thing just comes to a cataclysmic meltdown um 2019 i think we saw the rumblings when brexit had their clean break from the eu and you know no shots fired none of that and uh you know like i was in the uk the night that this came down and i was just like man people are freaking out and i was like man you guys are going to be way better off because you don't have some central planners like what what's her name uh christine lagrade over there who is Lagarde, yeah. yeah who's now looking at you know really pushing uh cbdc's and mm-hmm. under the you know and with a i guess with the 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 tangent and I would say tangent, like it is full force front and center ESG, like environmental, yeah. social, government. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's what's happening. And and you got a new uh, PM in, in the UK, uh, Sunak, and he's coming out, you know, talking about this stuff overtly. So yeah. it, it's not a secret anymore. Like the it, it, it came out of the conspiracy theory realm into reality a long time ago. And, and I hate to even like have to, disclaim what i'm saying because like just go listen to these motherfuckers they're telling you that what they're planning to do like they're not not planning to do what they're doing currently so if you i mean 
I'm sure your audience is privy, but central bank digital currency is CBDC. It ultimately um, would serve as the perfect mechanism for a social credit score. Mm -hmm. And ESG, which is environmental, social, and governance, is ultimately a corporate credit score. And you pair the two together, you have a full totalitarian control. And this is why I oppose both and why I, I speak out against, uh, you know, against them on pretty much every show I go on. Now, when we talk about um, ESG, uh, now there you, you've been pushing and, and talking about this for a while. The, the the good news is, is some things are actually happening in our favor, right? Um, yeah. One of the one of the things I think that uh, I even saw that you had posted out there was that Vanguard had quit the Net Zero Group marketing. Uh, probably, I guess, maybe the biggest defection from ESG yet. This is this is the biggest monumental. Talk, can you talk about like in terms of like who Vanguard is, how big they are, kind of, and what this means for ESG? Sure. Um, I mean, Vanguard is known for its ETFs, exchange traded funds, um, but they're basically just a money manager. And but they're not just a money manager; they're one of the biggest three in the world uh, in terms of like State Street, Vanguard, and BlackRock are like the three big boys. And for any of those three to feel the pressure and to go a different direction is a quantum shift. I mean, it's such a big deal. Yeah. Um, and, and not just that, but also today, the there was articles that were circulating that said that Larry Fink was being pressured to step down. He is the CEO of BlackRock, and he is the biggest proponent on earth in terms of someone that actually has the, the keys to the engine of ESG, that he's being pressured to step down from BlackRock. That They're the biggest money manager on earth. So to have that those two stories drop today i'm so glad we get to talk about it because it's like if if those go esg is probably doa now so, now okay. help me out is blackstone is this a is this a typo blackstone not black rock is that are these different groups because i saw this out there it is as well today you know where uh, blackstone is limiting the withdrawals of 125 billion dollars worth of property uh, as they're having a bank run, basically. Yeah, well, it's it's a little bit more complicated than that. Blackstone is, I think, it's the parent company of BlackRock, or vice versa. I can't remember. I which. think it's, I think it's I think BlackRock is the parent company, if if I'm not okay. mistaken. But I didn't know okay. if they were exactly the same or or, or not. I, I mean, I don't understand the the exact corporate structure. <laughs> I mean, they don't want you to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, it doesn't really matter, anyways. It, like what they've been doing, Blackstone has kind of been the the real estate investment arm of BlackRock. Um, and, and they've just been acquiring rental properties in mass. But the reason that this isn't a bank run is, is because they're actually performing really well. If you go on to read the remainder of that article, they're up 9% year over year because yeah. what they're doing is holding and, and renting these properties and the rental income is performing really well for them. So it's not, it's not a bank run in terms of insolvency. They have in their agreement that you can only have, I believe it was like two or 3% redemptions per month that are allowed. The reason that the the run is occurring is because there's so much uh, you know implosion across different asset classes that our people are looking for liquidity, and and this is the one thing that they can actually pull from because everything else is in the shitter. So it's it's really not evidence of the real estate market imploding as um, 
you know, a lot of people would have you believe. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I look at this and I know for, you know, for a fact, and maybe you guys saw it down there in Florida too, is here in, in Georgia, we had a lot of migration during this period. You know, we had people from the Northeast everywhere. Um, Atlanta's kind of like the new Hollywood and there's, you know, just crazy amounts of people going, Hey man, you can get, move down here. It's pretty cheap. Cost of living's low and all that kind of stuff. And when that happened and people like Blackstone or BlackRock or these companies that come in and they buy up huge, huge amounts of property, both uh, industrial, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, production and all that kind of stuff, but also residential. And when yeah, they bought up yeah. a, a lot of the, the residential uh, here, what they were doing was they were setting a, a market, like a, a premium in this market where they would come in and they were literally out you know, outbid sometimes even a day or so before a house would go on the market where, mm -hmm. you know, historically, um, you know, I'll just use my house. Like I sold a house in 2019 and I thought, Hey, this is it. I sold it. And they came in like two years later and it had doubled in, yeah. in the amount that it sold for just, I don't know, about a month ago. So when, when you see all it's crazy, yeah, when you see all this, this artificial, you know, swelling of a market, do you think in terms of even the, the residential, the, the, the property is a, just about to, you know, that bubble's about to burst now? Well, yes, I do. Um, <clears throat> but what's interesting is because we're essentially in an everything bubble. If you're, I mean, I know you are, but I don't know if your audience is. If you're old enough to remember the, the recession that occurred in the 2000s, <laughs> um, in, the, in 2000, like the dot-com bust, yeah. um, you can actually have bubbles that burst and it doesn't cascade. You know, you don't end up having every asset class be destroyed because in 2000, the real estate market held strong and yeah. it ended up, you know, appreciating to at the time record highs in the 07, 08 period before the implosion. Um, I think that we may be looking at that again, uh, just in the interim, because ultimately, like there's so much pain across all asset classes, except for real estate. A lot of people that that acquired massive inventory in, uh, you know, rental properties and things like that. They're looking at that like this is our saving grace. This is the one thing that's still performing while everything else is just getting bloodied and beaten. And and until there's a rise in inventory, until there's actual liquidation of, of housing, like these big boys, if they start to sell, well, then I'll, I'll change my tune and I will start to be warning people like, <laughs> okay, the bottom is fucking falling out right yeah. the fuck now. Um, but that hasn't occurred yet. And until that does, I don't think we have enough in inventory to see a real uh, implosion a la 0809. So that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. And the other reason I'm a little bit bullish on real estate is because I think that the Fed is going to pivot. I really, really do. Uh, they, I mean, we're, you, we're looking you, at more. You, you think they're going to come away from being down. hawks, right? You, know, you, you think they're going to yeah. come in a little more dovish. They're going to, they, they've said they're going to slow the interest rate hikes, which to me, you know, if we go from, you know, 75 basis points down to, you know, 50 and then maybe 25 or whatever it's going to be, right. it's still going to be increasing interest rate. Yeah, no, I, I think they're going to stop them entirely in 23. I really do, because um, you're already getting political pressure from the Democrats. They're talking about, you know, potentially impeaching. Um, I'm blanking on the chair's name, but is it Powell? Jerome Powell. Powell. Yeah, yeah, Powell. Um, and they're talking about, you know, getting him the fuck out of there because he's oh, so he's so hawkish. So um, I think that that's why they're they're starting to, to pull back. But this is where I said I, I would go deeper on this. And I think that this is really what why this is so complicated. Um, I think that there's an argument to be had that the war in Ukraine 
is actually the reason that they've been hiking interest rates because that that ultimately is very detrimental because if you push the the global economy into a recession well the one the one real income producing asset that the russians have is oil and gas yeah and it, and if you drive the world into a recession well there's a decrease in demand for oil and gas this is very tinfoil hatty so like bear with me i, <laughs> I no, love it no man. one go yeah no no Hit one it. has to agree no one has to agree with me on this but like at this at this level of decision making there's really there's really like it's not so much about the money it's about power mm-hmm. like I, that's really my my read of things so i think that's probably the reason that they they hiked so aggressively because they're trying to punish russia and and trying to get Russia to you know back off or negotiate or whatever, even though they're not really negotiating, it's all fucking crazy. Um, but the timing of that is I don't think coincidental because it happened in the same month. You know, the invasion and the and the hikes start happening, and I'm like, I don't know, man. Like that, that could that it, that's a correlation causation question that you know you would have to have uh, you'd have to be privy to the highest level of of our government to know for sure. But. Yeah. Something to consider. Well, I mean, you saw also consider kind of the the central bank um, around you know different central banks. You have the the Bank of England, you have the the Federal Reserve, you have the Chinese Communist Party Bank, you've got the Bank of bank Japan, Japan. Um, and you've got the bank in Russia, which is not a Western bank, and it is no. not co opted by those Western bankers. You know, this this whole thing, you know, when I remember very famously when uh, Mitt Romney was debating Barack Obama and Barack Obama said something to the effect of, hey, the 1980s called and they want their foreign policy back. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, within that same time frame, the the workings, the, the Burisma dealings with Ukraine, okay. everything that was going on in, you know, 2014, 2015, 2016, leading up to, you know, what is now our encroachment and, and you know, what uh, I believe, you know, Dave, uh, you know, Smith laid out perfectly on Joe Rogan in terms of, you know, this whole debacle over there is any thought to, you know, this is one of those ploys by the, the you know, the, the Western central bankers to try to take Russia's bank and, and co-opt it. Well, I think it's, it's certainly financial warfare and I think it's a multi-front warfare, you know, mm-hmm. like I think that there's potential that they're targeting uh, China. I think there's actually potential that they're targeting the UK some of our allies with these with these moves because it is yeah. so backbreaking if you've if you've read about it recently like the the bank of england is is struggling terribly um and it's because ultimately the federal reserve being the reserve currency of the world we export our our inflation to the world yeah and and we are putting all of the world under terrible inflationary pressures not just because of our printing but also because of the lockdown policies which they went along with and that's their own fucking fault so i'm, I'm not <laughs> i'm not crying for them but i'm just saying yeah. like um I mean, this is this is high level financial warfare, and it's like it has the potential be, to be the catalyst for World War Three. And I think that Russia has not been going along with the the Western finance finance you know monopolistic right. regime, and I think that's really why the catalyst for us prompting them to be on a war footing with Ukraine began in the first place, like, because they weren't playing ball with us. Putin kept telling them to kick rocks. That's why we booted them off swift. That's why all yep. of this stuff is playing out ha- how it has. Um, and I think that there's, there's also another layer to this. That's really fascinating is that there's a real argument to be had that perhaps the federal reserve does not want to go along with the central bank digital currency push. And I think that that's something that people aren't talking enough about. Tom Luongo has popularized this theory, so I'm not I'm not taking credit for it. But I think there's a real argument to be had that there are two two different primary power brokers that exist 
and it's kind of the globalist World Economic Forum, uh, Davos, Klaus yeah. Schwab folks that want the central bank digital currency because it gives them this total panopticon of control. The, and they're also the ones that are propagating ESG. And you have the old money guard that like has access to the central banks. And they're asking themselves, like, why do we want to fuck this up? Like, we have such a good racket going. Like, let's just hike rates. Let's strengthen the dollar. Let's just keep this game going for ourselves. And I think that those are those are two majorly powerful camps that may be at loggerheads and to our benefit, if so. Yeah, I would definitely say so. And I think that brings, you know, brings us kind of into this, you know, crypto and Bitcoin space. And I don't, I don't mix the two up. Um, It's it's one of those things where, you know, I try to make sure that everybody understands, listen, you know, Bitcoin is Bitcoin, it's a commodity and damn near everything else is a shit coin, including the US dollar. Um, They're, you know, maybe they've got their purposes and things like that. But like, they are securities, they are not commodities. Um, when we look at what the finance minister for Russia has been talking about, they've been a little bit back and forth over the past year or so um, as they've been in the headlines, like they're, they're going to take Bitcoin, they're not going to take Bitcoin. And now recently they're coming out and saying that Bitcoin and cryptos will be completely legal in 2023 in Russia. I mean, oh, I didn't even read that. That's oh, awesome. yeah, this is this is this is just very very I think uh, recent in the past week or so. And yeah. when I looked at that and I was like, "Whoa, maybe somebody's sitting there going, you know what? This, you know, this this you know, this push, this precipice, precipice push into um, you know, this really big meltdown that is the entire world, you know, you know, reserve currency, not to mention the, the central banks and the, the, the exchanges, uh, the stock exchange, the foreign exchanges, the, the everything that's melting down right now. When we see this and they kind of really don't have an answer to something that doesn't have rulers, that does just have rules, that is kind of uh, going to have its its way uh, in terms of decentralizing a lot of power, mm-hmm. do, you, do you see uh, possibly that uh, if they're early to this, if they figured it out, if, they, if, if they've coalesced, that this might be the way they go? Oh, it's certainly possible. I mean, it if they realize that like, it's their only hope, then why wouldn't they, you know, because like, here's the thing, if you can maintain a central bank where you get to be the mentor, where you get to, you know, print whatever you want, and it has purchasing power, like, you're not going to fuck with that. Like, you want that to be, yeah, because that's such a huge amount of power. But if you're in a position where the majority of your assets are being purchased from abroad, and, and you're like, well, we're dealing with all of this inflation, because these lunatics in America keep printing trillions of dollars, and we can't sustain our economy. Well, what I would do, and I, and I don't know why more central bankers haven't done this already, because what I would absolutely do is I would say, if I was a, like a central banker for a major nation, or, or be, actually better yet, a president, I would say, we're going to, in secret, acquire an enormous amount of these three cryptocurrencies that we believe in. And, and then we're going to announce it afterwards we're going to front run it we're going to acquire it and then we're going to fucking we're going to have this this huge <laughs> run in this asset as we then make it legal tender and da 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 like i don't know why no one's done it it's such an easy money making scheme and if you're a desperate nation like putin maybe i don't i don't even know if he's really that desperate to be honest but, i don't think he is yeah based off of western reporting if you believe that he's desperate why the fuck wouldn't he do that it just makes a ton of sense to me so um, I think there's a lot of lot of cards still to be played, and it's going to be interesting to watch it. Do you do you think we get through this without conflict? I mean, and I mean, you know, whether it's internal. Well, I I, I don't even want to bring that. If I, I 
boy, Clinton, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I know I'm, how you feel. <laughs> I'm almost damn dumbfounded right now, man. And there's there's so much going on with like with with everything that's going on between Ukraine, what ha- what's happened with the money laundering, with uh, you know Sam Bankman Fried and you know Almeida and the and, and FTT and FTX and all of this crap, right? That, that just absolutely went south. I mean, we're talking about. You know what was it? Tens of billions, if not hundreds of billions of dollars in, in FTX. Yeah, yeah, in FTX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like I don't know. It was thirty or forty billion, I think. Yeah, I mean they're they're caught in this. Now we have you know Elon Musk and we have Jack Dorsey coming out talking about, hey man, drop everything now without filter. What do you think is going to? I mean, like as this plays out, man, how how do you see this going? Because the ramifications. Not only looking at what they've done on taxpayers' backs in Ukraine to the tune of over a hundred billion dollars now, we are now seeing that the 2020 election, when we said it was rigged, you know, it it was rigged. The people that were MAGA guys, it was rigged. Yeah, they were right. The whole COVID regime, the the lockdowns, the misinformation, difference information, the 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 mass, you know, psych, you know. Psycho operation, yeah. and yeah, it's like we're just getting to the point now where it's like, wait, man, like everybody that was a conspiracy theorist and deplatformed was fucking right. Now what? Now yeah. what, people? Yeah, well, I, you know, as to how it plays out, I, I still have to believe that nukes won't fly just simply because it's so catastrophic. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's obviously that's my prayer that there's some sanity left in these people that they won't actually go to that level. Um, I do think that the military industrial complex in America in particular is looking for a hot conflict. And I think that they, you know, whatever the consequences, they believe that they can have a hot conflict between nuclear powers without it going nuclear. And I think that's such a fucking insane gamble that, you know, you'd have to be out of your mind to even consider it. But it seems as if, if it's, if it's not the GOP in China, then it's the Democrats in Russia. Uh, like they, <laughs> they, they each have yeah. a nuclear power that they want to go to war with and, Whatever the consequences are, you know, it's like, yeah, sure, you can you can win a nuclear engagement. We'll fire one, and then they'll fire one, and that's it. It's like that's not how it fucking works, and everybody knows that knows that's not how it works. It's, yeah, just, it's, just, it's just over. Yeah, launch um, so, launch and forget, right? Yeah, so I don't think that'll happen, but I, I do think that it's to me the the really interesting thing, and the reason I'm really glad that I'm in the economic you know arena uh, with my my career path. Um, is because I think that we're we're up against like the the most dangerous economic precipice, maybe in human history. I agree, like, on, honest to God. And and uh, for those that aren't familiar, today the BIS, the Bank of International Settlements, um, came out and they said that there is in the the I think it was the Euro Dollar trade. There is off book eighty trillion dollars that are essentially unaccounted for, and and. I mean, this is such an enormous sum of money. Like people can't even fucking process it. So I'm not even going to try to like give you an analogy to explain how big that is. Just say like it's more than the global economy by a lot. Okay. But, yeah. So it, 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 not only was it, I mean, the, the whole global economy. What we're what we're talking about. Like if you sold Earth, it'd be damn near close to about four hundred trillion dollars. And I think that's Greg Foss yeah. who says. Well, if that's know, if that's all the assets, sure. But I'm saying right. in terms of GDP, GDP globally, I don't think it gets anywhere near eighty trillion. No, no way. I mean, what, what's America? We're, we're somewhere I don't know around. I think, I think it's tw- oh god I always forget. I, yeah. I think Dave was saying that they get six trillion in taxes. I don't know. I don't know. It's fucking. It's a big amount. But like we're whatever. It's, Eighty trillion it's is peanuts. 
And yeah. here's the other piece is that 80 trillion from what I was reading, I think this is mostly pensions, isn't it? Uh, th this is the hard part. Like no one really knows because it's off book. So like, they're just saying that like, we've identified this asset class that's not being reported. And because there's counterparty risk involved in all this. And that just means that like, basically it stays solvent as long as everyone involved stays solvent. But if one person goes insolvent, well then maybe there's a cascading insolvency issue where everyone's fucked. And uh, I think that's, that's really the question is, you know, because we're seeing a real, um, you know, deflationary period in assets or just a, a bust basically across many asset classes, there's probably a counterparty in there, probably more than one that is in fact insolvent. And if that's the case, that means that there's a lot of other boys in there that are also insolvent and they may not be privy to that as of yet. Well, and here's, um, here's the other thing is like your, your take on, Hey man, we just found the $80 trillion that's missing. I, I got to call bullshit. I got to Like we just now stumbled on the fact that we have literally <laughs> over a trillion dollars, man. If there was half a billion missing, right? Like half a billion. That would be news. $80 trillion is not an oversight. This is a like, oh, shit. Well, hey, like, our, 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 C, our CIA has been, uh, or our uh, <laughs> Pentagon budget has been doing the same shit for years, and no yeah. one seems to care. So I guess they feel like they can get away with it, too. Yeah, well, they, they built back that building where the other two buildings were. Maybe, the, I mean, golly, don't I, moral of the story, don't be in any giant buildings or next to any giant buildings that you know could possibly fall on their own or whatever well, especially if they hold any accounting uh, documents because i think uh, that there's a lot of people that think and i think that it's a it's a fair thing to ask is if the lockdowns and the entire COVID hysteria wasn't a a a mechanism by which they were able to justify papering over what would have been an economic implosion because of some of these things that we're discussing right now all the way back three years ago um, because if people remember, there was a overnight bank lending scare that happened in, I think it was October of 2019. And then by 2020, all of a sudden we have some really anomalous, creative tools that we're trying out when it comes to, uh, you know, an airborne pathogen. So I don't know, man. I know I sound like a fucking lunatic Dude. when I talk about this stuff, but I'm, I'm really, I'm really tracking this closer than like probably anybody, you know, and there's a reason that I'm so, uh, conspiratorial at this point like there's really sinister shit that's happening well i mean and think of that i mean i i, I don't think you're crazy i i've been doing the same thing honestly uh i think it was 2019 i was like i should probably learn finance i should probably learn <laughs> economics like and not like kind of learn like but really get into the weeds on this kind of stuff because one it's your life's work Right, like whatever you've done, whatever you've accumulated, whatever you've spent your life and toil and property, like everything that you've ever done is going to come down to a to a moment here in the very near future. And when you know, if yeah. if you're not interested in economics, if you think this is too hard to learn, let me tell you, folks, it's not hard. It is one of those things where you just need a good basis. Um, the Mises Institute, uh, and I think you'd probably agree, the Mises Institute is a great place. They've got tons of stuff for free over there. Um, and then you can start getting into, uh, you know, the places where I think maybe you, you probably, uh, talked with some guys like Safa Dinamos and Greg Foss and, and a, sure. a lot of these guys in Bitcoin that are not only Austrians, but like, no kidding. Now they're on the cutting edge of a, a, a new paradigm turn in terms of technology. Oh yeah. What, yeah. what I have, I have on. 
Jason Barak is an incredible analyst I have on Guy Swan regularly. I've yeah. had on Greg, Greg Foss. I mean, there is a wealth of free knowledge. It costs you nothing. You can check them out on my show. You can go check out their shows, whatever. Just, uh, you know, spend the time. It's, it's worth every minute. Yeah, and when you say, you know, like, I mean, I know we're getting kind of late in the game now, but, like, literally, if, if you've been in this for as long as you've been in it, um, not financial advice, where where do you see solvency at this point in terms of riding out the storm? Fuck, dude. That's the hardest part. Uh, I mean, I think because you haven't seen a bull run in precious metals, um, you know, silver and gold, I, like, for me, I always look at, you know, future value like appreciation if i've already seen an asset that yeah. has had, had a great run i'm not really interested in that i like assets that seem to be undervalued and from my vantage point silver and gold look like they're undervalued um i also think that bitcoin is probably a value somewhere in this arena but i think it could uh, like if if the implosion that i'm describing happens you will see a total liquidation in all cryptocurrency assets too to a large extent you so think you think bitcoin won't survive then no, 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 no. Uh, sorry, I shouldn't say total liquidation. Okay. I could, I'm saying you could see it drop to four or 5,000. Like yeah. it, it could absolutely happen. So I don't like to tell people, okay, it's sitting at 16 or 17 a day, fucking go all in. Like you could have a real opportunity to buy triple the, the amount of Bitcoin if you wait a, a year. Like who knows? So I'm not like, I think dollar cost averaging and diversifying your assets is, is ultimately the best advice I can give because you don't know how it's going to play out I'm as read up on this stuff as anybody. I've managed hundreds of millions of dollars. I'm a financial you know, success myself. Like I know what I'm talking about. And I'm telling you, anyone that tells you that they know definitively how this plays out and the timing of it is fucking lying to you. So just, just diversify and hold on to your nuts because it's going to be wild. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I tell people all of the above, right? Like be anti-fragile first and foremost. Like yeah. take care of the food, the shelter, you know, the, the if you can, you know, have some backup energy and stuff like that, you make sure that you've got those for a while. And if you don't, start working towards those first. Those yeah. hard assets are, are, you know, then to be able to trade, whether it's silver or gold, you know, silver spends in, in a down economy, you know, in a really shit situation. Lead, you know, th there's a reason why they called it a round, right? Like it was one Fuck of those yeah. things where you could buy a whiskey with it, right? Like things trade. So yeah. being being self-sufficient, uh, being... And if you remember what ammo cost just a year and a half ago, it's, it's a bargain right now. <laughs> yeah, it is. I, you know, it's funny is I think a, a lot of people in those city centers like yourself, you know, probably out in San Diego uh, that were prior uh, progressives and Democrats that were locked in their house where their neighborhoods were burning down, cars were being, you know, barbecued and everything else. You're just yeah, like, oh yeah, man, uh, those are the guys who are actually buying up all the extra ammo right now because the ammo guys, you know, I heard the, the guys from Fed uh, or Federal were, you know, running as hard as they had ever run. It's not that they were producing less or anybody was producing less. It's no. that they couldn't keep the up with the, the demand in, uh, yeah. in the 2020 riot. So, all right, uh, we've got just a few more minutes here, man. And, and, and you know, like the whole, the whole Bitcoin thing, if, if you've got everything else knocked out, um, this, this Bitcoin community, you know, you've, you become a part of it as well. Um, like Guy Swan and, and some of these guys, you know, that are just so welcoming. Um, have you, have you found that this rabbit hole is just one of those places, uh, full of great minds, great energy and, mm -hmm. and people that, you know, want to teach people? Oh yeah. It's incredible. I mean, uh, the fact that, you know, I have 
good relationships with these guys already. And I'm not, I was extraordinarily late to the Bitcoin game. You know, I didn't, I don't think I bought my first one until 2020 or something like that. So, um, you know, I'm like, I was an old money guy. So I, I was trying to figure this shit out. I was trying to wrap my head around it for a very long time. I, I was privy to Bitcoin all the way back in 2010, 11, and I just didn't fucking believe it <laughs> at all. You know, like it's I was crazy, like, isn't it? I was like, yeah, electronic. Okay, sure. Yeah. yeah sounds, sounds very scarce. Um, so I, you know, uh, but yes, I, I, these, there's such an, an immense wealth of just not, not just knowledge, but passion. Like these guys are so passionate yeah. and, and I share that passion. So I feel like, that's why we get along so well is because like we both we're not just looking out for ourselves, but we really want to see the world become a freer, more financially secure place. And we want the people that want to see a freer future be the ones that are the most financially secure. So I think that's why, you know, we're all such evangelists, you know, we're, we're really trying to help people. And I, and I hope that comes through. Yeah. And I, I will add this, you know, to, to people who are looking at all this kind of stuff, um, if you're, if you are new, um, you're still not late. Um, you know, th- th- this is one of those things where I think over time, uh, you know, this low time preference where, you know, possibly you, you, you make some investments, uh, or at least hedge today, um, get ready because here's the thing is when there is a threat and these empires that are in decline, this is the time that they are absolutely the most dangerous and they're going to do anything and everything maybe short of nuclear war to avoid right. losing you know their their quote unquote anchor uh, as uh, Christine Lagrade uh, over there in the EU would say like they are they they're not they don't want to go back to a free banking system and they've they've said so much um you talked about possibly getting down to four or five thousand uh, dollars you know a it bitcoin could. here in in the next I don't know year but you know in terms of timing do you think by next summer, we've seen a dramatic shift, uh, maybe some some wiping out of some of these organizations, these giant organizations around the world? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think that it, if the Fed doesn't pivot, we're going to have a global depression. I mean, if they continue with their extreme interest rate hiking cycle that they've been doing for this entire fucking year, mm-hmm. it's going to be the pain is is already extraordinary and it is going to be catastrophic because People don't understand how much debt exists in the world. I mean, our economy is not just the American economy, but the global economy functions almost entirely off of debt at this yeah. point. So interest rates, not to mention the primary interest rate, which is the Federal Reserve, because it's the you know central bank of the world, essentially, um, the, the amount of power and pain that they can wield is just astronomical. So... If they want to continue down that path, if they continue with, you know, three quarter, even full point hikes for another year, I, I don't think there's any way that the economy can weather it. I think it'll be just backbreaking. So do you think, there's I think any, that's why they'll pivot? Do you think there's any way? I mean, let's let's just say they bring the interest rates down. Um, do you think that they still get away with it because they're still going to have to create more money out of thin air to continue to bail out all of these? Um, you know, the, these, these insolvent, illiquid, uh, organizations that were built on bullshit. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the whole issue is that basically they're trying to fight inflation, the inflation that they didn't have to create in the first place, but they opted to. Um, so now they're in a rock and a hard place where it's like, all right, well, if we, if we crush the economy, then our tax receipts drop, which means that we have to print more to, to sustain the government operations. So it's like, either way you're in trouble. So yeah. from my vantage point, I think it would it would behoove the the 
Federal Reserve in particular to soften its stance when it comes to the interest rate hikes, um, just simply for the global economy's sake. Yeah. Uh, but but as I said already, like there's a lot of different things that are at play, and there's a lot of different power brokers that are involved. So like, you just have to you have to really um, be nimble. You know, you have to pay close attention to what these lunatics are saying. As much as I hate to pay attention to what these fuckers have to say, um, but it, it can really it can really change your life in terms of you know what investment decisions you make. If if they soften, I think we will immediately see the bottom in in Bitcoin. I think Bitcoin will catch a bid in a major way because everyone will, will you know go risk back on. Inflation is here to stay, and then the Bitcoin um, you know run will will start anew. Um, so that's that's my expectation. But as I said, if they maintain their interest rate hikes. Well, then the bottom is not in on Bitcoin, in my humble opinion. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely with you. I, I don't think the bottom is in yet. Uh, continue to DCA and the rest of that. Clint, um, we are up on 45 minutes, man. And I know you got things to do and places to, to do and whatever things, you know. Um, tell everybody how we can help you out, where you're at and all that fun stuff. And I will link all this in my show notes. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, LibertyLockdown.locals.com is, is where you can actually support my work. But uh, for the show, just search for Liberty Lockdown on YouTube or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you wherever you get them. Uh, I had a great interview with uh, Dr. Robert Malone last week, which was incredible. I also had on uh, Craig and uh, Jimmy Dore and Dave Smith just yesterday, uh, which was a, a cool roundtable just seeing if the anti-war left and libertarians can come together. Uh, and... Tonight, I'm doing episode 100 of Tower Gang, and we have a big special guest that's popping in, so people should check that out. That's awesome, man. No, that, that one uh, that one question you got Jimmy with the other night about uh, healthcare. Oh, man, Burner, <laughs> go watch it, ladies and gents. Uh, Clint Russell, Liberty Lockdown, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, wish you a lot of continued success, my brother, and uh, thank you for stopping in here, hanging out with us. Uh, absolutely ladies and uh, gents keep, keep doing kennedy all right because i love i love seeing you on tv it's great all right brother <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> you can swap in for me i'll just give them yours and you can go in <laughs> I, i'm just another bald libertarian this is perfect they'll never they know. Even know how are they gonna know <laughs> <laughs> all right brother till next time ladies and gents i love you i need you peace um don't hurt people and don't take this step